Welcome to the B Major Podcast with Noah Aronson. I am Noah Aronson. I'm a recording artist, composer, performer, and intentional mover. I create music and interactive experiences to activate creativity in the mind and body. This podcast is a playground for you to explore the intersection of wellness and creativity. My process involves activating the voice by dropping into the body. I developed this method to help me battle depression and anxiety, and now I'm excited to share with you how creativity can be a powerful modality to add to other wellness and healing practices you may have. I call it the Revoice Method, and all of the music you'll hear on this podcast will be a result of this creative practice. Each week, you'll hear interviews with practitioners working in the wellness and creativity space, be guided through meditations, and will be invited into my revoice method. It is my belief that we are all quote-unquote creatives, and when we can activate our creativity authentically, we can all be happier, healthier, be more joyful, we can all be major. Welcome back to the B Major Podcast. I am excited to welcome my guest Aaron Glazer to the show this week. I met Aaron while playing a gig down in Memphis a few months ago, and we instantly connected on a deep spiritual and musical level. He is a drummer and a kundalini yoga practitioner, and our conversation dives into the power of cultivating disciplined daily practice, be it with a musical instrument or with a meditation practice. He says that ultimately they are all one and the same. It's about where we focus our attention and intentions. He quoted his teacher at one point and said to me that it's not about going through the motions, it's about going through the devotions. That no matter what we are practicing, be it cooking or playing an instrument or learning to tune into our higher self, the practice in it of itself can be devotional and an act of serving yourself and your true divinity. The other day I was feeling particularly low and started writing music that reflected the feeling I was experiencing in that moment. Within minutes, I was transported to a more loving and calm place. Music and our creative practices can have the power to heal us and remind us of our truest nature, that we are all reflections of the divine and we all possess sparks of that divinity within us. I think I am no longer surprised by the fact that so many of my musician and artist friends are also deeply spiritually connected and mindful people. There is something about the power of music that just constantly reminds us that there is something bigger than ourselves at work. I recently did a jam session with my friend Colleen Deeker, who was a special and extraordinary musician, and she was saying how she just enjoys surrounding herself with fellow artists because they just get it. When you're constantly diving into the music, the creativity, the flow state, you learn to develop a deep, loving relationship with that state of being and also have an awe and reverence for it. So for today's moment of spontaneous creativity, I want to play you an excerpt from a jam session I did the other day with Colleen. I was playing piano and she was on violin. You can hear how the ideas develop, how we interact with one another, how we listen to each other and bounce ideas back and forth. There was nothing pre-planned or rehearsed. None of this music was composed or thought of ahead of time. We simply followed one another and surrendered to the creative process, allowing it to unfold for us and with us.
Yeah, so I hope you enjoyed being invited into that moment of spontaneous creativity that I shared with Colleen the other day. I hope you got a sense of how ideas developed, how we continued to follow where the music wanted to lead us, and how, as we kept going, the creativity began to clarify and reveal itself to us. You can find out more about Colleen and her work by visiting her website, colleendeeker.com. Aaron actually led me in a brief meditation during our interview, so we will use his guidance today to drop us into intentional practice. For now, let's dive right into the interview and experience the powerful connection that Aaron and I shared during our conversation. Great. So, Aaron, it is so nice to be with you. Uh, I'm here with Aaron Glazer, who is a Kundalini yoga teacher. He's a dreamer. He is a wellness practitioner. Uh, he is a friend. Uh, he's also a drummer. Uh, Aaron and I met uh, when uh, we were doing a gig together uh, down in Memphis. And uh, we, uh, you know, the, the meeting of the minds came and it exploded out and we realized that we had, uh, we had to just have this conversation and sit down and chat. Uh, so Aaron, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that uh, we're able to make the time to chat. Uh, thank you for taking the time uh, today to be here. Yes, thank you for, uh, for inviting me here. And yeah, I like that, you know, when, when, when we came into, into contact, it was pretty quick of just like music spirituality, consciousness, like these things are all related. They're all foundational to our existence, to our being. And you've tapped into that and, and I've tapped into that. And yeah, this, this, the, the only way to move from that is to, to spiral upwards. Totally. You know, uh, so you and I, uh, like, like we said, you and I met playing music together. And a big part of the work that I'm now doing is trying to discover the meeting points of wellness and creativity and like how our creative practices lead to wellness and how our wellness practices lead to creativity. So I wonder if we can just start by you talking a little bit about your journey about, and also maybe how, the, how playing drums has had an effect uh, not only on your creative journey, but also with regards to your wellness practices. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So I think that um, discipline is, is such a key thing in this. And in learning an instrument and getting serious about that at, at a young age, I mean, I say young, like 12, 13 is when I really started to like, wow, I'm spending more time, you know, on the practice pad than wanting to go to soccer practice. Okay, great. And then over the, over the years and in, in studying the craft and developing the art, I mean, there, it's that consistency of, of how, whatever it is, like multiple times a day, daily, you know, you just get where it, it becomes a greater aspect of your life. And then it, it seeps into who you are. I mean, it's like that, you know, chicken or egg, like, okay, I've got this and now it's who I am, but I already was that, but I'm just learning more of the technicalities of the, um, you know, of, of the, of the craft. And then there, there's certain things that are like, big, big picture oriented, whether you're practicing meditation daily, whether you're practicing an instrument daily, again, it's, it's that discipline that, that comes into play and developing, I mean, we could call it muscle memory or just where that you can get to points where it's not, it's, it doesn't have to happen so much in here. Like you don't have to be thinking so hard about things. The body knows what to do. The body and the mind connection, like that's, I mean, drumming is, is amazing. Like the, the kinds of coordination that, that have to happen in the four limbs. And it's like, oh, and then here we are practicing yoga and doing this like, you know, coordinated brain balancing set. And it's, it's like on a bigger picture, it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing. Like there's details in the effects that, that happen with that. But especially with drums, you know, if you were stopping and thinking, okay, what's my left foot doing right now? Oh, what's my right hand doing? You have to eventually get to the place where you're not thinking so much about the minutia of it. You enter into this full body flow state. I think of, of all the instruments, like there is uh, with the drums, the drum kit specifically, there's this like full body awareness that's happening while you're playing. Uh, and not even to mention just like the, the vibrations uh, that you're receiving 
from the from the drums and from your sticks in your hands and what that's doing uh, within you uh, to help kind of get you into that flow state. Exactly, and that flow state is huge because that's where you really start to go where we're going past the mind happens. And uh, you know, you might not understand that as a 13 year old, but as that journey continues, you, you have to ask yourself like, what, where is this coming from? Like on, on some level, like I'm directing this, but like, it, am I creating this or am I allowing myself to, to be a vessel for, for yeah, for things that, that you're able to, to, to hear or that are, you know, bring, bringing formless into form. I talk about in, uh, in these creativity workshops and seminars that I've been doing, um, you know, focusing a bit more on, on learning how to receive creativity versus the idea of generating creativity. Uh, and, and what you said before is so beautiful about, you know, being a vessel. Like it's really, we use our discipline and our, and our like uh, practice routines to get our hands and body to, to, to work for us so that when we're in the moment of creativity, we don't have to think about those things. We can enter into that other state. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's the muscle memory. That's the like rewiring of the system. You know, when you start to get on fundamental levels and you're like affecting how the nervous system is able to communicate, whether that's from learning a coordination on, on an instrument or whether that's from doing a specific kind of meditation, um, and that's what it is. It's like, right, you're not really learning the creativity, you're learning the techniques, you're learning the mediums to, to be able to, to express that. Yeah. And can you talk a little about like discipline in meditation? You know, so many people just say, oh, just sit there, you know, but how, how important is it to have like the, or rather maybe the way to phrase it is, when does that work happen? And when does the meditation happen? Like, how do you work on meditation in terms of a discipline as opposed to just doing it every day? Right. So it's kind of like just going through the motions versus like going through the devotions is what one of my teachers had said. And there, there is a point to that. It's like bringing the awareness to what you're doing. However, like creating that space is the first thing. You know, if you say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to create a space, whatever, 10 minutes in the morning, and I'm going to sit and I'm just going to allow whatever happens to happen. And maybe I'm going to focus on my breath. Maybe I'm going to focus on posture, but it all, it all starts just with that repeated discipline. And then it's like, as you learn the skills for, okay, this is what I want to bring into, you know, the vibration today, or I have these things going on. So like, maybe this is going to be conducive for, for, for what's going on. So you might, you might start to, to hone in a little bit, like, okay, today, uh, Ooh, we got a big day. All right, I'm going to be doing breath of fire, you know, the streak of breath. Uh, I'm going to be energizing, or I'm going to do a um, a kriya. I'll get into a little bit of like like the the setup and the discipline of Kundalini yoga. Is what's great about it is it's a very inclusive practice. So, and I see it as like they're all there. It's just like a toolbox to have, and you know, what what tools are we gonna are we gonna need for today? And there's certain foundational tools. The, of being a human. So to me, that's, that's a big part of, of what it's about. And, you know, there's all kinds of great modalities for this. Kundalini yoga is one that has resonated with me, but it doesn't, it goes back to that. Like, it's not so important what you're doing, but, but how you're doing it. Don't get me, it's still important what you're doing, but like the, the how and, and the why are, are become more, more important. Um, even for me to, to kind of be reminded of it, um, but if you can ex describe the difference between what, like, what, what uh, differentiates Kundalini yoga from the other forms like of people that might know Bikram yoga or Hatha, like, how, like what's, what is, what's the essence of Kundalini and the Kundalini practice? Yeah, so to, I think a lot of the kind of the more mainstream yogas, they're good and they have lots of benefits, but a lot of the times they've, they've gotten really like systematized and the, at, the, at the expense of, of not listening to the body. You know, and that's, that's another important dis distinction too, like discipline and repetition and doing and, and having a practice that's the same thing that you do every day. And there is a power to that in, in, in learning and developing the tools. But at some point, I, I don't think that makes sense on the journey. At some point it's like, okay, 
I need to learn how to, to use these or like to design these tools for myself. I have to come into like who I am and what I'm doing in this system is designed again we're all human we are you know we're all, all we're all souls having a new experience we all have like these very underlying similarities but that's the that's like that's the beauty of creativity that's the beauty in nature is that we have our own unique ways of expressing that so how does kundalini do that for us okay so kundalini is it like i said it's inclusive and we use posture we use breath so for pretty much the the, the mainstreams focus on those things we also use mudra and which are like hand positions, um, different ways of creating energy and, and moving energy in the body. And we use mantra, we use sound vibration. And then we use our drishti or our gaze. So asana, pranayama, mudra, drishti, the, the bandhas, so the body locks are a big one too and how, how we direct energy. So kundalini, general like very general sense is about connecting in the navel and the roots and moving that energy up the spine kundalini energy is said to lie dormant at the base of the spine and we do exercises to awaken that energy and then direct it up the spine contain it and direct it so kundalini the word is about that um energy that is kind of resting in like the basin of the hips uh, that's like right below the, where the spine begins. And then the practice of Kundalini is about bringing that um, upwards, the ener energetically upwards through the spine. Uh, and then does it also, uh, like in Tai Chi, also come back down uh, or is it always an upwards ascending? I think a good way to look at it is like the Taurus field. You know, it's, it's ascending and then it's coming back in, moving in on itself. I mean, that that's the Taurus field seems to be again, one of those foundational movements of energy that we see like in, in, in all living things. If, 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 a Taurus field is. A Taurus field is like, uh, maybe we can put, put a link to, there's like some videos on YouTube, but it's essentially like a field that is, is self-generating and able to maintain itself. It's like a, kind of like waves moving in all, in all directions out and then coming back in. And then you're able to build on that energy. Hmm. You can Video. move that energy upwards and then it kind of like almost like umbrellas and showers showers you with it. Exactly. And and you know all all living things are 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 electric in a sense. So a lot of like you know we we get confused in our labeling. Like western tends to under, western understanding is like very much on a, a, a mechanical and chemical level where like we have we really have good understanding of those aspects but we it but it's incomplete we need to understand the electric and we need to understand how the electric relates to the pranic or or that more like that kundalini energy thinking in terms feeling in terms of the the, the realness even though it's not you know directly in front of our eyes of the energetic aspects so when you can you can you can affect these things even unconsciously working on just a physical level. Like you're gonna move energy if you go do Bikram yoga or you know, if you go do like a vinyasa flow, like they're, they're, they're good practices, they're good for the body. Um, but there's just the, the vocabulary and the, the toolbox I think is more expansive than Kundalini. So like we talked about what you know, a general set or a general Kriya is typically what we practice in Kundalini. And Kriya is a set of exercises designed to have more of a synergistic effect. So a lot of those basic Kriyas are starting at the roots and you know, doing like, like spinal flexes. Actually, this would be a good exercise to do. Um, we'll do it in a second here. Um, versus there's literally like thousands of these different Kriyas or sets or practices, whatever you want to call them, that could any any organ in the body um if there's a if there's like a condition or like something needed in 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 the human realm there's probably a set for it so from balancing the brain hemispheres to sets for the nervous system to the glandular system to balancing those two systems uh you know to working on the kidneys to even even more abstract things like 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 set uh for, for courage so like what, what does that mean what does that mean to do a set for courage like we're, well we're going to move some you know we're going to definitely build some naval energy and, and develop into the will and 
a, you know, a, another aspect that's a little bit more expansive is that when we look at, as I say earlier, when we look at every living thing, all living things have fields. So that the Taurus field, and then we could call it an aura, we could call it a psychoelectromagnetic field. There's, there's plenty of names that we could call it, just like God and consciousness. Like there's so many names that we, that we have for this. Um, and, you know, for, for better or for worse, it's like, it's good. It, it, it's helpful to be able to label things, but then at a certain point, it's not because it gets convoluted because the words are not the reality. The words are an expression of doing our best to, to, to convey that, which is why, you know, everything becomes an expression, whether it's words, whether it's the music, whether it's the yoga practice, like this is all expression of consciousness. And there's, I believe like, deeper states that we get into or at least for me through music and through kundalini or through climbing you know whatever rather than just using the words but we all we all relate to the words well and you know call whatever everybody knows the english language we whether again like for better or for worse like that that's cool for us that we can use these words to connect and, and communicate yeah I, I i'm interested i i i don't know Maybe we'll kind of bounce around on topics, but you mentioned um, about aura, and then you, in the word aura, you also talked about electromagnetism, and um, you know, you you mentioned also earlier, like kind of like the Western and the Eastern sort of approaches, kind of coming together. Um, you and I have spoken a little bit about grounding uh, in the past, and I wonder uh, where grounding practices, and if you could first explain grounding and earthing, uh, but also how that connects to this conversation of like moving energy through the body and the electromagnetism. Yeah, so again, you know, we'll, we can talk about earthing on like on the chemical level and what happens when the body is in contact with natural substances, you know, grass, um, sand, swimming in water. And I remember you would ask me about, uh, you know, because you live in, in the concrete jungle there, you'd ask me about asphalt. And I, I've seen mixed things on that. And I have, I have a, a, a multimeter, which you can, you can measure the charge. And, and our driveway and, you know, some asphalt is, is good. So there is, there is some type of naturalness. It's, it's not as good as the grass, but, but it's pretty close. So what happens when your body's in contact with that, and then you go to zero volts, and again, we need to understand perspective on this because like you're not at actually at zero volts, you're just on the frequency with the earth, you know, and we're seeing, we're, we're looking at that in electrons and then in, in frequency. So the, the Schumann resonance is one of the, the vibrations of the earth. And there's, I think it's the, the Van Halen belt or there, maybe there's another name, but an out farther out level. So it's, it's about, it, because that's the most stable and large entity that we can connect with as humans. So we're always gonna have voltage in us. That's the nature of being, you know, bioelectric beings. And I think that that, it just complements. That's another reason like for me that I've been moving into the Tai Chi because I'm, I'm bringing like that earthing principle, you know, I'm barefoot and a lot of Tai Chi, whether you're indoors or outdoors is like, like letting all the energy sink down and then, you know, like filling the, the lower body and the dantian with that energy. But I see it as just like, like, great, here's another tool. I can do that while using the earth energy to like also come up into the system. And you're doing it outside. You're also getting sunlight energy as well. So you're getting it from above and you're getting it from below. Exactly, exactly. And you know, within the different modalities, it, it is interesting because like we're saying Kundalini, okay, we, we have this energy and we're going to like generate it and then move it up. Like there's other forms of like Kriya Yoga is all about bringing the energy down. Great. Let's bring this cosmic energy into us and bring it down through the body. Again, just little technicalities in, in the modalities. It doesn't, you find, you find something that works for you and you can, can connect with it and they're, they're all just different tools. Like the more, the more tools you have in, you, in the toolbox, the better, but not at the expense of just having like, not really knowing how to use the tools. Oh, there's like, I feel like there's a lot of you know, people that are, are in search of these things and they just kind of, you know, kind of pickpocket like from a lot of different ones. So we, we can never sacrifice the, the quality at the expense of the quantity in, in anything, you know? Maybe this is kind of the differences with the with the philosophies behind them. But when you said, um, you know, there's certain yoga practices that you know the philosophies about the 
the energy that is ours. And in my thought process went to like, where do, where did that come from before us? Is that the earth energy and the sun energy? Uh, and then, and then also like the, the nutrition and the nutrients that we're putting into our body. Is that um, where that, like what create, what cre creates and sustains that Kundalini that's within us? Is that just, does that stay yeah. lives? Is it ever flowing? You know? And I, I, yeah, I love, I love where you're taking that because ultimately that there, there is no separation, you know, there, there is in, in the, lar in the largest sense, like, yeah, I mean, the, the Jewish people got it. Like a lot of the religions got it all is one. I mean, this is in one is all, I mean, this, this, this is, this is, this is a fundamental truth. So like, that's, that's why try to be like cautious with the words and explaining things, but not, let's not trap ourselves. There is no separation. Like, I mean, so, so, so we can start from, from wherever we want. I think starting, we've got it like, okay, like, you know, I can, can very physically feels it's, it's nice to start with something that we can feel and that kind of zone in on the subtleties from that. But yeah, again, ultimately it doesn't, it doesn't matter where we're starting in that. And where does it come from? What is it? I mean, that's it, infinity is real. You know, let's, let's just, let's, let's go there. Like, there, there are no beginnings, there are no ends. We can create them, we can create categories and say, this is when this started, this is when this ends. But yeah, you know, I remember being in like third grade and, and hearing about, you know, like how cells work and, the, you know, coming from this, like, well, where did the first one come from? I mean, it was just like, like, like moving into that in a young mind of like, okay, infinity, right? Like this is, this is the nature of reality. And, and, and a lot of people are, you know, we, a lot of people navigate through life not in in an infinite understanding and that's where that's where these practice that's what spirituality is i think like to to form like a, a starting layer for spirituality is accepting that there is something bigger than you and then seeing that what that that bit that is you you know we take it farther like that there it isn't separate but i think that's like the, the basis of spirituality just literally going outside and looking at a tree like recognizing that that exists and i exist and like we, and we exchange gases, like that's, that's pretty cool. And what I heard you just say, which I loved is there is something bigger than you that is you. Yes, yes. And I, I, I think that these paradoxes are great for understanding deeper reality, but also confusing when the brain tries to work it down because it's like, you know, one of my, one of my go-to like un understandings is it's all about you, but it's not about you at all. What you going to do with that information like both of those things exist simultaneously like here you go here here's reality yeah that's funny um so you're saying sometimes those like memes of spirituality can be uh, almost more confusing in the end because they, they sound good and they're like buzz phrases but they don't they're just almost all confusing the conversation yeah yeah but it's like well sure we'll 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 say it in in words for for how it is but like I like I like when 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 the mind has to kind of like 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 a forced like going past past what the brain can can comprehend brain's a great tool you know thoughts are a great tool emotions great tools but not when they're the directors they're right. just they're, they're they're clues into gaining depth within oneself well I think of thoughts as um, helping to propel us towards, you know, problem solving and, and, and taking action with things. It's like, you know, it, it, you know, in the, in the most ultimate, uh, you know, we would be listening to our heart's intention, our heart's voice, uh, which is that softer, quieter voice within us, and then using our thoughts to propel then us to actually do and act in the world. Um, and then, but I think what often happens is that it usually happens in reverse, right? It's like, our thoughts then dictate and we can't hear the heart voice. So we wind up just acting from head voice. And I think, I think a good like metaphor for that is, you know, how much understanding are you generating from within versus how much information are you taking from without? And again, ultimately no separation, but, but we're going to, we're going to create that distinction for the purpose of, of, of conversing about it. But yeah, when you're just being bombarded and told how how things are, and you don't check with your internal experience, that's not balanced. Yeah. 
I mean, unfortunately, that's where that's where a lot of the world is right now. It's like people don't have that that deep trust and, and connection with with heart. And it's a lot of like fear does that, you know, fear is a powerful one. Like there's there's power for sure in the thoughts and in the emotions. And so we should know how to direct those to for that's conducive for ourselves and, and for the world at large. Because otherwise you 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 kind of become like a victim to your to yourself, you know. It's uh, it's interesting. I don't know if, I don't know if I've ever shared um, my uh, you know this piece of my journey with you, but about uh, ten years ago, I was on the path to go to rabbinical school, uh, and that to me felt like a spiritual path, and I I was uh, I felt like I was being guided uh, towards towards that path, and that I felt like the more I studied in that realm. The, the closer I would get to kind of an authentic spirituality. And I actually went to rabbinical school and, and before rabbinical school did a lot of studying and then went to rabbinical school for two years. Uh, and then I had to leave rabbinical school because I because exactly what you were saying, I felt like I was doing too much ingesting and not enough listening from within. Like there, there's so much, there was so much input um, and I, I, I didn't feel that I... Uh, I, I kind of was getting lost in it a little bit. Um, and I've spent the last six or seven years, you know, discovering how to listen to the wisdom from within and listen to what my body needs and what's, what's going on within me, um, that there's infinite wisdom in the cells and in the DNA. Like that's, there's so much wisdom just trapped within me, uh, you know, for, it goes back millennia you know, and, uh, and so I, I've, I really resonated with what you were just saying there that there's, you know, learning how to tap in and drop into ourselves. Yeah, that's, it's, that's such a good point, because it, it's not that like, like, the rabbinical school or, or med school or, or whatever, it's not that they're innately bad. But the issue is that it, it, it is so systematized. And like, this is how it is. And this is what we know. And anything we put in a system like we're, we're gonna miss some some truths on and there's it, it just it gets unbalanced when it's too much like conforming to what the system presents by all means see what the system has to present like but it's but it's 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 making sure that that it's true to you and i mean i had i had similar uh experiences like when i was in in music school and studying jazz and at some point you know it's like okay you're you're gonna get this degree it's like that's that's like that's that's important in this world but like towards the last couple of years every day it was okay you're going into this box and you're going to be you're going to you're going into a space where you can be told that that's wrong like you're you're trying to be creative and then you're getting shut down and like i'm i'm kind of a sensitive person that you know so while i i kind of had to like remove like personal attacks on that because that that's not healthy for 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 anything um yeah i mean that's it, it, it's it's tricky it's tricky because you you have to you have to have trust in yourself and talking about the wisdom of the cells i mean the infinite wisdom that exists like that's that's a foundation of 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 reality and like you were saying about words earlier like words can help point to these things but they not they are, they are not those things right they're just trying to help kind of give us some language so that we can teach and talk about it. But it, when we forget that the thing itself is so much bigger than the word that we're using to describe it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, like someone sitting here pointing, it's like, oh my gosh, look at that person pointing. And then everyone gets like distracted on the person pointing. It's like, well, hold on, what? <laughs> they're, just, they're just pointing to somewhere. They're not saying to like, that, that, you know, this is the end here. Totally. Um, this is such a beautiful conversation going in so many, uh, I, it's exactly what I was expecting and hoping that in our conversation would do because it's, it's just exciting talking with you. Um, I, I was wondering a little bit about, I know that there's probably like in all the different yoga practices, different um, you know, positions and postures uh, and I'm sure Kundalini has its own approach to it but just with regards to what you were saying before about kind of just the moving of energy, is there a, 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 is there a Kundalini practice that actually doesn't have postures that's just about um, you know, moving energy with breath? Yes, 
absolutely. So in, in this realm of, okay, we're interested in physical and mental and spiritual. And again, you know, here I am separating these things on my fingers. They're not separate. <laughs> like let's, let's keep that in mind. But uh, in, in working with those things, so much of it is like you're doing practices that allow the body to be able to handle higher frequencies of energy. So if your body's primed, you can, you can, you can sit and, and completely like try to go into as much stillness as possible. And, and you're, you're going to be, you're going to be moving some energy. Um, or even like, even if not, even if your body's not primed, that's part of the power of the Kundalini is that we're not, we're not doing things that, that should be overwhelming for the system. It's like, like the body's listening and paying attention to what's happening as it's happening. It's a biofeedback in, in real time kind of thing. So as far as, as far as postures, what, what's interesting in Kundalini, sometimes they're very dynamic. Sometimes they're very static. And I have, I have, a, I have a strong affinity for, for moving energy and stillness. So I'm going to, I'm going to show like an exercise here. We'll see if we can get a good angle that I think is a good example of that, of that stillness. And then maybe I'll bring it to a seat, but there's a practice where you literally just, so my legs are straight here. My toes are pointed and you can do this for up to 31 minutes. Okay. And your body, I mean, you're going to get in and you're focusing on the breath, but your body is gonna, your legs are going to start to shake, and this is all part of like calibrating and recalibrating and allowing the nervous system to uh, to be able to you know to to handle these intenser energies. But so it, it, you know it's interesting also in that like where does Kundalini Yoga start and where does it it end? Like I, I don't I don't like I don't really like those. So there's nothing that I'm doing now that's like specific. To kundalini um but what makes that happen is we tune in with the mantra so the mantra is ong namo gurudev namo and that simply means calling upon the higher self to to be guided through the practice and then typically like when i teach we do we start with just seated stillness and and getting into into the breath so i'm gonna i'm gonna direct that here just because i think there's some some good foundational things to to think about so yeah, so you can either be cross-legged on the floor, or really the most important thing is just having a straight spine. Okay, you can also, yeah, sitting in a chair is fine, kind of pulling back on the flesh. And I'm gonna put my hands in what's called Gyan Mudra. So the thumb and the first finger touch and the other fingers extend. Again, just, yep, that's it. Just, uh, it's just a tool, you know, it, you know it's like one of, one of many things. And then the idea is to, we get these like opposing energies. So the base of the spine is really going downwards. And then there's like a pull through the crown of the head. And we just get a subtle elongation of the spine. And what's important about that is that the, the spine is like the main highway for the nervous system. So putting, putting the body in a in a, in a fundamental place, it's like raising the status quo of the body. When you have good highways in your system, and you know, energy is able to move. Uh, physical is able to move well, like cells and and, and nervous systems. Interesting. Like I guess that's kind of physical, but kind of not. Nervous systems like the bridge of like physical to to metaphysical, because like I was saying earlier, they're all just kind of different per perspectives of looking at, at similar things. It's like okay, here's you know muscles moving. Okay, here's nerves like within how that's working. And then here's like energy that also exists on another layer. So yeah, it's just being able to see things multi-layered or multi-dimensional, all happening at the same time, just different layers, levels of reality. All right, so we get this nice elongated spine and the chin slightly tucks to help with that stretch through the crown of the head. I'm gonna, just do a little body scan here. So noticing if there's any unnecessary tension. Sometimes the hips, the shoulders, it's really easy just to carry that tension with us, but tuning into 
your own body to allow that to release. And then the gaze goes up and in. So we're looking in between the eyebrows. And this is like the command center of the body. And then you start to become aware of the breath. You feel the breath connect into the diaphragm. So the diaphragm is actually what it's connecting to, but it's easier to feel it in the belly. So it feels like the belly is expanding as you inhale. And then the belly is contracting as you exhale. And the diaphragm is a muscle. So like any other muscle, it needs to warm up a little bit. So we're not just like forcing the belly in and out. But it's letting that happen in a relaxed way. We're just directing the attention. When we're breathing from the diaphragm, that's, we could call that the depth of the breath. And then the other aspect is the length. So each breath becomes a little bit slower. And the idea, well, there's a lot of different ideas that we can say, but one idea is that you just keep bringing the awareness back to the breath. So which in, what's interesting about these, like a simple seated position like this, is that the mind still goes. It's not like we just necessarily immediately turn off the mind. We still have those emotions, you know, but it's like we're able to kind of detach and, and be able to be a witness to what's going on. So first it's like acknowledging that what kind of vibrations of thoughts we're having. And then one, we, we, we can detach from them. Like that, it, that doesn't have to be you, but we can also like redirect them and, and bring them into positive. And there's so much interesting stuff out now. And like, like Joe Dispenza, someone that I'm reading uh, on the placebo effect and like how much our thoughts can direct and like really bring, uh, I'm going to say miraculous, like healing to the system and some of the things that, that I've read from him. So that's, that's another area where, where I'm kind of starting to move into. It's like, right, we can be detached from, from them, but also like using them for the power. And that's where, you know, mantra can come into play. Like, again, as a tool, it's, it's a certain vibratory frequency in the body that gives the mind a focal point. So it's not like you're trying to, it's not like trying to distract or run away. It's like transmuting. It's like, forget, like, I don't have to think, I don't have to play that like loop of thoughts that, you know, of whatever, da, 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 the vicious cycle of, you know, why everything could be better, blah, 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 like all that. It's just, let's bring in whether it's one word, whether it's one sound, or whether it has uh, like a little bit longer of a, of a stanza to it, but it's just something for the mind to focus on. And it creates, I'm gonna say it creates, you know, pr profound things in the body. Maybe that's the placebo, like 
I think there's 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 more there's more information to to get on that kind of thing. Well, I just uh, thank you for leading that practice and for uh, helping me drop in. Um, I um, I found that exactly what you were saying. I found myself noticing the thoughts uh, and then noticing when I was on the but when I was but I, but not necessarily dropping letting them dictate. I actually I kind of observe them. Uh, and then uh, pivot back to um, to where I wanted my intention to be. So, um, and uh, what uh, I, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I'm just curious about the mudra aspect of it. Um, like, what what is the intentionality between behind these mudras, these hand positions, um, and like, uh, yeah, like, do they is is there a different hand position for a different intentionality or how you're trying to direct energy in a different way. What's what's the symbolism of the or or the reasoning behind the different hand positions? Yeah, so there's there's a whole science of of, of mudra that's that's pretty interesting. I should probably have some some work to do with that myself. But the idea is that I mean the fingertips relate to different parts of the brain. So when we're doing different things with the fingers, we're going to affect different and activate different different pathways in the brain, and it. it it's very subtle, you know, it's subtle until it's not, until you're, I mean, it, there's, there's, there's master yogis who can very much, you know, immediately feel the effects of like, they're so tuned in. Okay. This feels right. Okay. Different effect in my body. But, um, you know, in, in what I've learned, index finger is wisdom and middle finger is discipline. Ring finger is energy and pinky fingers communication. So again, wor words to kind of describe and develop, uh, develop like abstract ideas on, on things, but, you know, body position, like sitting, you know, like this is gonna be different. There's, there could be a meditation where, oh, we have the same mudra, but we're relaxing the elbows by the sides. So, and I'll say this, like if, if people are listening to this and, and we want to do like get deeper into Kundalini, we can, we can definitely do that as well. And maybe like even set up a practice or, or you know, do, do something over Zoom. That actually uh, um, makes me, uh, I want um, people to be able to access and find you. Uh, and I want people to be able to reach out to you with questions. And if anybody's looking for a yoga, you know, a, a Kundalini teacher, I want them. So where can people go to find you and find out more about where you're teaching and when you're teaching and, uh, and, and all the, the beauty that you have to bring to, to the world? Okay. So yeah, I'm in a little bit of a transition right now. Um, it, I, I've done, I did my, I've done two Kundalini trainings and this is going back about 11 and 10 years ago. And then I've led a lot of trainings since then. And um, that's, that's been through Delta Groove Yoga and it's been great, but I've, I've kind of moving into my, into my own thing. So I would say like, if, if we want to do some kind of further practicing, yeah, just like e email, emailing would be good or, uh, but yeah, we'll just, we can just do it like personally and whether it could be a small group, it, it could be an individual. Like I, I'm just, I, I, for, for me, I got a little bit tired of like the regularity and like, you know, going, going just in that system of, of the yoga world and, you know, how it exists in the mainstream. And I don't like, it just got a little bit too like systematized mm -hmm. for my taste. So email. Yeah. Um, and so we'll put uh, a link to your email address, but what do you want to just say it out loud? So in case someone doesn't see that and they're just hearing it. Yeah. So it's Aaron Glazer, which is my name, A-A-R-O-N-G-L-A-Z-E-R 1989. You can probably guess what, what that means at gmail.com. We'd like to celebrate the falling of the Berlin wall. That's basically what it was about, right? Yeah. Um, every, yeah. Just get shadowed every year by by the celebration of that. <laughs> well, it has been um, just such a joy talking with you and learning more from you, and uh, and that fact that you led us in a in a practice today, uh, even uh, albeit brief. But I there's just so much more 
that we could uh, talk about and, and learn together. So I'm just very grateful that you were here. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And that's, you know, that's just the style. Like sometimes, I mean, I'm, I think you are too, like we're big picture oriented and, and sometimes the details get a little bit like interwoven throughout. So that's just the, the, the nature of it. And, and as you, if you want to get deeper into the practices, like we definitely hone in on, on certain things, but I did, I think we did, we did a good job of, of that as well. Yeah, and I'll, on our website, we'll connect to Aaron uh, so that people can uh, reach out directly uh, to you and, uh, and hopefully uh, you'll be able to keep spreading the good word and spreading the love uh, around uh, as far as it can go. That's what it's about. Let's, uh, let's share and raise the consciousness. Right. That's right. Well, uh, thank you again. It's been, it's been really great chatting. Yes, you as well. Thank you once again to Aaron Glazer for coming onto the show and for sharing his insights with us. As you know, all of the music that I share on this podcast series is my own, and over the last few weeks I've been including excerpts from my latest project. I'm looking forward to releasing that album to the world soon, and hope you'll support me and my art by listening to it and sharing it with anyone you feel would enjoy it. I am always diving into the creative process, releasing new music and videos on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Make sure that you're following me on all of those platforms for the latest music and information about upcoming events. For now, we must say goodbye once more. But don't worry, we'll be back next week for another episode of the B Major Podcast. As always, I want to remind you that we are all creatives and that the world needs your creative expression. Until next week, I'm reminding you that we can all be happier, be healthier, be more courageous. We can all be major. Hey, Jack, but I can't. Hey, Jack, but I can't.